You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocals of Crip Chop C, and you're listening to my podcast, Vox and Hops, where I normally sit down with fellow metal musicians and talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. But as we approach the end of 2019, I wanted to do a special year-end wrap-up of my favorite Quebec breweries, and I couldn't think of a better person to do a collaborative episode with than with Craig Thorne. He is from the Beer and Other Shit podcast, the BAOS podcast. As I got Vox and Hops rolling last year, I started scouring the local beer scene, the local podcast scene to see who some of the pioneers of the craft beer podcast scene might be, and I quickly fell upon the BAOS podcast. I hooked up with Craig over the summer, and I interviewed him. He subsequently invited me onto his podcast. We hit it off. Uh, It's very fun to hang out with people that uh, are in the same world as you. As much as we're from different worlds, Craig is more from the rap, hip-hop world. I am obviously from the metal world. We have many, many interests that do cross over. And it's very, very fun to hang out with someone that knows what it's like to release consistent podcast material. I'm super stoked to have hung out with Craig. Uh, Alongside with this episode, we hit up all of the microbreweries that made our top 10 list. And they were so generous. They hooked us up with some brews so that we could drink during the episode. They hooked us up with so much brew that we have some that we've included in a massive giveaway. We have a three prize giveaway that is happening right now. You could check it out in the description of this podcast, and you can check it out on the Vox and Hops Facebook page and on social medias. There is an epic, epic contest going on. We have three prizes. We have so much stuff. It's unbelievable. All of these prizes are stuff that both Craig and I were like, wow, I would like that. But no, we didn't keep any of it. We gave it all to you guys. You just got to follow the simple instructions in the description of this podcast and on our social media pages, and you can win these prizes. Make sure you check out all those steps because you don't want to miss out. And you, you definitely, definitely want to get your hands on either of these three prizes. They're all incredible, filled with products from amazing local Quebec breweries, the top breweries for me and Craig from this year. So here it is, the top 10 Quebec microbrewery episode. This is Vox and Hops episode number 98 with Craig Thorne from the BAOS podcast. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. What's good, y'all? This is C-Certified Brewhead, and welcome to a very special episode of BAOS Podcast. As you can tell, we are here with Matthew from Vox and Hops. Thank you for doing this. I'm super stoked to be doing this. This is fun, man. This exact episode is being split between BAOS in video format and Vox and Hops on audio. That is correct. Um, so you want to let people know... what what we're doing tonight yes earlier this year my brother-in-law said matt you should do a christmas special okay and i was like no that sounds like a horrible idea (laughs) (laughs) but but a year-end wrap-up of the uh, my favorite quebec breweries yes is something that made sense to me and i reached out to you and i said we can make it our favorite quebec breweries and i'm super stoked about that so we made a list yeah we did so it was like something normally for us at BOS, we don't really focus specifically on Quebec, but it makes sense because we're both here in Montreal. Um, there are so many great Quebec breweries, particularly this year. It's been exceptional. It was very, very hard to get this list down to 10. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. We had to sort of scramble back and forth a few times. Uh, it was tough. We even separate it. So you'll see we've got a top 10 brewery list in alphabetical order, not a numerical order. So there's no... Uh, 
favoritism, favoritism is or, or, or like winners. bias. Because yeah. like, to be honest, like if you guys watch BOS and I'm sure now with yourself, have you now you've moved into interviewing brewers more than just musicians. These Some of these people are friends. That is and correct. I don't yeah. want to sort of either bias them and put them on because they're friends or like upset anybody by not including them. So this was just a, or at least in the order. So we have our top 10. We have our... Uh, honorable mentions which we're going to do at the end so other breweries that we felt did some really cool things as well and they're going to be ones to look out for in 2020 but we had to pick 10 we so. had to and it's not fun and then of course we've got some of the bigger guys that we kept a little separate from uh from that so we're going to start with the top 10 or we're going to do the honorable mentions for the for the big guys first let's go through the top 10 let's go through the top 10 so the first brewery in our top 10 with a alafoot Yes. Yeehaw. So these guys are based in St. Tite, Quebec. We interviewed them in July, went up to St. Tite. Really interesting place. Have you been there? I have not been there, but I would really like to be there. It's uh, it's cool. It literally feels like you're in like a cowboy movie or something. Like It's kind of weird. In a good way. When I interviewed Francis... At Chambly, uh, yes. I felt the cowboy vibe. <laughs> oh, they have them. <laughs> they got like the full saloon doors. Everyone's wearing cowboy boots. Their, their merch is all cowboyed up. It's really consistent. I was disappointed that the Montreal brew pub or like tap yeah, room closed, closed down. down. It was, I think it, there's a story behind that. Someone told me, that, I, I don't want to sort of go too into it in case it was wrong, but the TLDR is, I believe, that it was licensed. Mm-hmm. The name was licensed by a separate company. Did you hear that? It is also what I heard. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Okay, good. Yeah. good. So we're not, I don't want to be uh, lying on anybody here. Um, so it is a shame I didn't get to visit it, but I don't think they focused on the beer as much. It was kind of just like a... A bar. with A yeah. bar that just happened to have the Alifoot name on it. So it wasn't, you know, and it would need to be kind of authentic to work in a city like Montreal. Of course. Yeah. So uh, we got some beers. Oh, on top of that, we we reached out to all the top 10 breweries to be like, well, we're going to be going through this on the episode. Would you like us to drink some of the beer on the episode? Some of them gave us some beer. Some of them we had beer from already. So it's a bit of a mix. And then at the end, I got something special for you guys. Stay to the end because you're going to want to know what we've got coming. It's actually the biggest thing of this thing it's there's a reward it's gonna be fun there's a reward basically so this beer you chose this one uh maddie do you want to tell us what this yes, one's about it's a tante boulette assemblage collaboratif it's a boulet barrique 12 mois and tante tricotante vieille en fût de chardonnay so it's a collab with uh, the micro brasserie du lac saint-jean so yes. which is our, our two fantastic beers that they've put together do you want to tell us what that means in english for the uh, yes Anglophones? of course it is a collaborative brew assemblage so it's like a blend yeah it's a mixture of their boulette which is a uh, barrel aged for 12 months okay. and it's also a mixed with uh, micro brasserie du lac saint jean which is another breweries the tante tricotante which is a oh. grandmother that's knitting okay <laughs> no sorry an aunt that's knitting uh, yeah, tante, yeah, yeah aged in a chardonnay case, Bar- barrels, right yeah either way we're going to stop staring at it and put it in our faces. That's right. You were saying that uh, the, the boule, I think I have that in the fridge. I never actually got to try it. How do you feel about the the original is like a... I think the one, style the one that it? I really, really enjoyed uh, earlier this year and the reason that uh, Alafue is on this list is the Funky Boule that came out earlier in this year. I really, really, really enjoyed it. It was a very strange, complex beer, slightly sour with the barrel flavors to it it was complex which uh always encourages me to dive deeper into beers always a huge fan of uh, a la fu 
See, they got a bunch of uh, great, great brews, and that's why they're on this list for me. Hell yeah. So this one sits at 7.7%. Um, it's kind of like Cheers. opaque. Nice little head. Nice. Smells great. Get in ya. Look at these Vox and Hops glasses, by the way. Take note of these. Bit of a hint. It's good. That's wow, good. Yeah. It's kind of less less whiny than I thought it less whiny yeah. than I thought it would be. Yeah. Definitely it's dry. Like a, yeah. Super dry. Um I mean it's the first beer of the night, so I always kinda of find that like I don't always pick up the flavors straight away or some maybe like bitterness is amplified when that's not actually you know, accurately represented. I can drink yeah. a lot of these, yeah. Yeah, I like it, man. Alafood are really, uh, really interesting. I really like their vibe. I didn't drink many of their stuff, many of their uh, offerings until I went there and I got to try pretty much everything they had. And I was very, very impressed. I always kind of like they did a lot of barrel aged stuff and they didn't do a lot of the new uh, new world, you know, like haze and whatever that I like personally. So they didn't typically appeal. But after going there, I'm completely converted. They're one of the like OG Quebecois barrel age programs and so so you got to take your hat off to them because a lot of other people have followed suit this this year this year i really enjoyed their cuvee d'eau's which was a beer that they put out for their 12th anniversary it was a, another assemblage that they aged with like raspberries and small fruits it was delicious uh far more fruity on the nose and in the mouth than this one and i also really liked uh, their double cappy that just came out with yellow prunes which, uh, if you haven't tried that, you should go find that. It's absolutely it's delicious. Yeah, okay. Um, I enjoyed uh, the Rouge de Mechanac, their classic Flanders Red. I'm not generally a Flanders guy, but this year I've been turned on to them by multiple breweries, and that was a great one because it was it's a little more fruitier, red fruitier than a typical Flanders. Um, when we did the tour of their barrel room, which is crazy, all like separate um, temperatures really? for different things, and they've got different versions of them in different types of wood lightly toasted heavily toasted medium it's crazy like um we got to try they actually can different versions and they write on the can and they keep them so they can tell and which versions taste better over time in which kind of wood so there was one called golden horseshoe which was a collab with like i don't recall maybe like six breweries all around the golden horseshoe going up to like uh around lake ontario so was that through kingston and like um uh, maybe even up to windsor or something like that like it's crazy it was super impressive i really really enjoyed that that's the good thing about being in saint sit and not in montreal you can afford to have space to have a sick-ass barrel room yeah man and it's completely (laughs) off-site too they've got the uh, they've got a um auberge across the street from the brewery that we stayed at literally you could crawl across the street home from the uh, saloon and then they've got the the main tavern on the street which great food cool vibes super locals no one speaks english it's good times just watch out for horses yeah honestly like actually watch out. <laughs> and apparently they said every september they have it's the biggest um like rodeo kind of like the calgary stampede i forgot what it's called it's like saint Pete western festival or something like that that's right i've been there when i was a oh, yeah, kid i'm sure of it yeah they said what my happens? aunt my aunt's a bit of a cowgirl Your- so Taunt. My taunt. Taunt. Look at that. Oh, I bet she's a cowgirl. Sorry, sorry. Um, (laughs) You walked into that one. I did. You really did. Uh, Or rode into it, maybe. Maybe. (laughs) They said that people have to go on the rodeo at um, St. Teeth to get into the Calgary Stampede. Really? That's like a a qualifier. Qualifier. Oh, okay. All right. So that is the first one. The second Brewery in our top 10 Quebec breweries of 2019, Maddie. Avant-garde. Avant-garde. So Renault and Sean are uh, fantastic human beings. Um, and 
I think we interviewed them over the summer at some point in their new space in Oshlaga, which is just in the same building they were contracting out of Oshlaga. Now they have their own space. It's huge, super welcoming, beautiful. Like they, the, the back is is awesome. You can see right through. Have you been? I have not been. Have not been. Yeah. yeah. You can see right through the those windows into the brewery. Uh, the tap room is huge. They've got like twenty four lines. It's crazy. Um, and they are my, personally for me, um, I'm very, very proud of them because they're like a contract brewing success story. They started contracting. They did it for years. They didn't rush into a place. They got their name out in the market, both Jukebox and Avantgarde, the same owners. Um, but we're selecting Avantgarde specifically. That's what they branded the brew pub as. Avantgarde has kind of more funkier mm-hmm. stuff. Um, versus jukebox um, and we get to drink tonight the first of their uh, barrel releases so this is called Rose Glory U it's uh, they did three the first bottle release maybe like um, two weeks ago three weeks ago yeah almost a month, almost a month ago okay and um, this was the only one that I personally tried from that launch I went on that day and got to try this one but this was the one I always heard was super fire they did two other ones and um yeah, the place was rammed. I went like in the afternoon. It was already super busy. So I'm excited. Yeah, there's nothing better than people that put their nose down to the ground and try to get something done, work through jumping through all the right hoops, and then finally they can do it in their own house. Yeah, right. It's just so refreshing. And yeah. keep the like full control, keep mm-hmm. all the um, everything exactly how they want it. They've got tons of space to experiment. No, nothing holding them back except finances, really. And it's just really cool just to see them grow. I love avant-garde. A lot of the beers that uh, yeah, led me to put them on this list would be, uh, they, got, they got two solid ones that are my go-to beers if I want to just have a nice beer, let's say on a Tuesday night. Very easy beers like the Jet Set Pilsner. Oh, love, that. love that beer. Love it, love it. So I'm sorry. good. Love it. The, and their Fashionista is just a delicious, nice, uh, juicy IPA that I love very much. And this new barrel project is uh, something that I'm very excited to try, which I have not yet. I spilled some beer on Matt, but you know what? That's what happens with these uh, assemblage beers. They can be a little wild, fermented, and a little crazy. So what style um, of beer is this? Okay, so this is a, a barrel-aged um, assemblage. What's that in English again? Like a blend? A, a blend. Or? 5.4%. Now, this specific one is um, aged on griots, which is sour cherries. Yes. In uh, Cabernet, American Cabernet barrels um, with uh, wild yeast and uh, lactic lacto. And it was re-fermented in the bottle, hence an ind- a larger addition of um, sour cherry juice, hence the uh, explosion on your pants. <laughs> That's beautiful Great color. pink color. Yeah, yeah. Wicked nose. Oh, yeah. Mate. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Oh, that is exceptional. It's tart. Right? It's nice. Super smooth. It's got that yeah. chewiness mm. from the barrel. You yeah. Mmm. God, that is good. I just, I really, really like this one. I had a fresh on tap. Um, this is, tastes a little different from memory, having it from the bottle, which is probably as expected. Maybe it's re-fermented a little different. Those cherries are so good. The cherries are good, right? Not too, not too over the top. No. The tartness is balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just really, really well done. The oak is subtle. The cab uh, barrels are giving it probably a little mild tannins, but nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. It's super dry. Super yeah. dry. Oh, man. That's Very great. Good. Very good. Fantastic. Eh? Yeah. Um, I would agree with you that some of the beers that um, Avant Garde have done that I really love, Jet Set Pills, and I had that the other night at a bar, and it was like, phew, I mean, I could drink that every day. It's just so easy, yeah. yeah. All their classics, 
a lot of the stuff they do isn't super interesting to me. They got the brown. Oh, the brown ale is really good, by the way. I um, had an imperial version of that once. The Mister Brown. Yeah, Mister Brown. Yeah, I had an imperial version yeah? once. It was good. Two. Yeah, it was great. Not surprised. But it was a few years ago. It was probably still brewed at a schlag at that point. Probably would have been, yeah. yeah. Um, they had that Wild series for a while, too. The Wild number one, Wild number two. Oh, yeah. I think they that was that also yes. in the previous uh, In the other one. Yeah. I'm sure all the newer stuff is going to be from there. But I, d- I didn't get to try a lot of those type of beers. Um, I'd only really tried most of the canned type of stuff. But, yeah, man, there's some really, really great beers. Avant-Garde is extremely consistent. And it's just really cool to see great people grow and sort of blossom, uh, you know, come into their own. And succeed. And succeed. I love it. Next up, we have Brasserie du Bar Canada. I mean, it's not a top 10 list of breweries in Quebec without Bar Canada. It's a very easy choice. Uh, anytime you see them anywhere, you just buy that beer because it's going to be gone. You don't question it. 10 minutes after you're in the store. Even if you've had it four times, you just get it. Yeah, and it's always worth it. Always. Um, this was one brewery that we weren't able to get our hands on any of their stuff. Being in Montreal, it is quite difficult. You have to go and get it from the depths within three, four hours of it mm-hmm. dropping. Otherwise, you ain't having that. I don't have anything on hand or any of their uh, crazy stouts, but... Uh, I did get to try, we were talking about it earlier, you said you didn't get to try any of their stouts. I've never drank a stout from uh, Buck Canada. I only tried one, thanks to Chris of Hops and Bros. He brought, uh, we did an episode in Ottawa in April with them, and he brought the, I don't know, War and Peace, Gur, Pay, I don't know how to say Gare it. Gare et Pay. Pay, okay. Insane. Ridiculous. Out of control. Disgusting. What style of stout is that? Just a, I believe, bourbon barrel aged. I think it, I don't think it had coconut or any adjuncts. They've done other ones. Um... We're actually also doing a end of year BOS kind of like roundup just of the crew, the five of us, uh, listings of favorite beers and stuff. And Nathan at Nathan Does Beer, go follow him. He mentioned that specific beer in his top three, but he was like, it could have easily been any of the other ones. He tried them all and they're uh, insane. Yeah, yeah, the Heapa, the Los Tabernacos. All the double IPAs, all the... All crazy. delicious, delicious. Um, they had their second anniversary this year. Um, you know, they're one of the few breweries in the, in the province that uh, gets lines, has lineups every time when yeah. they do can releases and stuff, um, which is crazy. So they're, uh, you know, they're definitely moving forward. They're changing the game in the scene, really. Absolutely. Um, yeah. The, the IPA, everyone's running after them right now, so... Yeah. And, you know, it's good. It's good to have that locally because I feel like a lot of people to get that type of stuff, whether it's the haze or that the crazy... I mean, Quebec usually has had really, really good stouts, but say like pastry stouts won't be here. That was always mm-hmm. just bourbon barrel age, very traditional style. That type of new world, not like the US type of beers, people had to go elsewhere for those. So it's very cool that now we have not only Bar Canada, but other breweries, which we'll potentially get to, um, you know, in Quebec that now we're able to access locally. Yeah. And they'll be influenced by them. And uh, yeah, it feels like it's like a the game new, with them. Yeah, man. It feels like it's a new wave of, of sort of Quebec breweries. Because there's obviously a market. There really is. Clearly people want it. And that's something that I think a lot of the traditional breweries might, you know, fought against over the years, not really realizing it because tastes are changing. People are traveling mm-hmm. and, you know, it's a whole new Traditional world. is fun, but uh, being avant-garde is always more fun. Could tie in. Yeah. <laughs> Up next, we have Brasserie Dunham. Yes. The D in the alphabet right there. Uh, Dunham, uh, something, someone we agreed on immediately. This was not even questioned as well. I mean, so far, all, all four of these were like, we didn't even need to discuss it. Just no brainers. Uh, no. Dunham's been doing this for many, many years. They have. They are one of the forerunners of bringing craft beer into bigger areas. Uh, having a great distribution, making a wide array of amazing products. Yes, sir. 
They uh, changed the game in Quebec with the festival, um, Fuduni, last year in 2018. They skipped it 2019, but now it's going to be uh, back in 2020, which, uh, to be honest, this was the least amount of festivals. This was the year that I went to the least amount of festivals, and Fuduni was like, now it's next year. I'm actually excited. I needed a bit of festival break. kind of went too hard. I, it was just crazy because it had the best of everything. They had all the crazy haze from the States and the crazy stuff there, but they also had the Belgian. They had Cantillon and Tilkin and like Jester King and all these. Cra- it was just insane. And just for them to be able to have those relationships, to be able to curate mm-hmm. that level quality of festival in the province by the border on a farm with like sunflowers that are eight feet tall. It was just glorious, Matthew. And I, th- I think that a lot of people in the States and I know Dunham too. Oh, for sure, particularly at the border. And I know even my boy, Rob Shasta, Rob in Vermont, uh, he, when he's able to zip up, it's like a real quick, there's like a road, I think, that goes mm-hmm. pretty much right there, or a highway. So like a lot of Americans from around there are able to pop up. They're just exceptional. So this evening, this was a beer that I still had kicking around from our podcast with them in February 2018. This is called Vidi Vini Vici, the Italian we came to saw with Consgood. It's a, I don't know, a Cuvée Upen, Marla, do you know what that means? No, I don't know. No, that doesn't. That doesn't no. <laughs> so it's a, it's a, a light, say, uh, light saison, which has been aged uh, on raisin skins. Zweigelt. Raisins. Very German. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, aged in Pinot Noir and Pinot Gris from uh, Domaine de Pervenche. Pervenche. So this one looked really sexy. I thought this would be a good one for us. I haven't had it. Looks, uh, looks glorious. I figured it's got to be a little bit of a red hue to it or something because of the grapes we'll see we'll see yeah another uh other beers that uh, really led me to push this onto our list oh good catch <laughs> it wanted to come out right yeah just like, please <laughs> you got all of the uh the cyclops beers yes which are just uh, just so good they're cyclops cyclops ipas which come out with just so many variants of hops but they're always amazing and delicious they came out uh, in cans this year with which a lot of these breweries did start transitioning towards cans which is amazing yes there we go I'm just dropping stuff everywhere here tonight. Um, you got their Leo's Early Breakfast, which is just yeah. so delicious with the tea in it, an IPA with tea. And uh, a personal favorite that I have not gotten my hands on this year is uh, La Petite Mal, the Imperial Stout. Yes. So delicious. Maybe it's on the way. I hope so. I know. So nice. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. It's got some character to it. Jeez. It's going to take a bit to identify that. That's complex. It's more whiny than... Oh, yeah, super yeah. whiny. Yeah. Um, really, really sharp carb. Um, we should be like three in a row with super sharp carb. I guess I that will be barrel-aged, <laughs> like wild yeast. Um, I feel like I'm getting a bit of both of the different types of grapes. Mm. Yeah, that's like dry chewiness again mm-hmm. that I, mm-hmm. I find is a really great character of a fantastically well-done... Barrel-aged. Like, with wild yeast, yeah. Yeah, wild yeast. Not necessarily that it doesn't happen in a stout, but always with these type of um, saisons, the saison essentially, which is kind of what Dunham are known for. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. I would also agree that the Cyclops series was uh, my fave. I had a bunch of those this year. I, every time I see one, I'm always grabbing them. Can never be, uh, never go wrong with those. I like them as well because they're not a brewery that are known for doing New England's or any haze, and often the Cyclops are hazy, super tropical, creamy chalky like all the characteristics that i really enjoy so it just shows that if they can do anything well if they want i think they can and their artwork is always spot on always fire um they do a lot of great collabs um 
Yeah, man, just a fantastic brewery that yeah, yeah, continue they did one with to dominate. Collective Arts, actually, the Guanabavoa. What was that? It was a double IPA that was just so juicy, so hazy. It was delicious. Yeah, the artwork was really... Did they can it? They did, yeah. They came out in September, I want to say, or uh, no, end of August. End of August. Yeah, missed that really one. good, yeah. All right. No, I love it. I think Dunham are usually at uh, Liquid Art as well, the um, Collectives Festival every June. So hopefully they'll be there next year. But uh, yeah, Dunham, killer as always. Up next... We have L'Espace Public. Huge, huge faves. Um, Love the guys at L'Espace. You guys already know if you've watched any of our BOS stuff. You know that, uh, you know, we're good friends with them. We've done multiple collabs with them. The whole team, Simon, Val, Frank, um, they're all super, super cool. Uh, We really want you guys to connect. Simon wants to uh, jump on the podcast as well. But they're just such cool, cool people, super generous. Their pub is one of the most popping things in the area. It's always rammed. It's always like, if you're ready for a wild night, go to Lesbo. <laughs> it's always out of control. I've never gone there and come back in a reasonable state. Ever. <laughs> they put on a lot of really good beers this year. Uh, particularly, there's one that just totally hit me. It was uh, Trampet Tropical. Yes. It was like a hazy, delicious, uh, tropical so, IPA. A little, a little bitter as well, a little piney. Yeah. Nice um, balance, east meets west kind of thing. I really, really enjoyed that. I bought... Far too many of those. (laughs) (laughs) The little beer they put out this year, the uh, Bier de Vacances. We did the collab with them in uh, summer. That was the fourth collab, I think. We did two versions of the cans. Uh, First version had more lactose. Second one was a bit more sour. I preferred the first one, of course. And they did a brew pub test batch that was 6% versus like four. And it was just like... like a orange Julius. It was out of control. It was so damn good. It's actually beer that we shared on the Vox and Hops episode with yes, Craig. which is episode number 55. If you remember, I don't remember. Yeah, I remember. remember Sometimes I got like OCD and I can just remember <laughs> stuff and then otherwise I can't remember what I said. I two don't remember. Ago. Yeah. We're all, it's a lot of beer, right? It was recorded at Brewski. Yeah. It was. Shouts to Pub Brewski. So we have two beers we're going to crush tonight or sample because they're little cans. Uh, the first one is Bière de Cité, which is a uh, sour saison with rice, and this one has no hops. That's really? The, that's the catch. Uh-huh. Crazy, and it's a collabo with, with Blood Brothers. Blood Brothers from Toronto. Um, we went out to the launch of this one. They actually did a Blood Brothers tap takeover in October. It was sick. Uh, Blood Brothers guys at Legends, super cool. Got a little bit wild. Those dudes are out of, like, with Simon, everyone's just out of control. But yeah, Blood Brothers are one of the most exceptional breweries in Canada. So this was very exciting that Alespas were collaborating with them. How do, how do you, why do you think they, they focus so much on sour beers? It's just something that they love. Simon loves sour beers. It's his thing. He likes low ABV sour beers. So everything that they do, this one, the next one we're doing is 5%. What's that? 5%. You're not going to really see many beers above that. I think Trumpet Tropical might have been 6 uh, which is high for um, Les Bus. Um, and the second one was, I'll just pour it now. This one is Bière de Driveway, their sour stout. Um, I haven't had this since it was in bottles, which we is saying before. But it's a, a super interesting beer. A sour stout in and of itself is just a strange concept. But Simon just loves sour beers. And he also drinks in volume. He's a volume guy. He's like fucking crusher. And I, I find that's really cool though, because it's authentic to him. The beers that they brew are authentic to the brewers. And I think that's when breweries make the best beers. When the brewers love what they're making, that's when you do the best stuff. So he's brewing for himself almost. Yeah. On, on that note, quick question. As a fellow musician, do you listen to your own music? When I am recording it, yep. when You're it is about it. to come out, yep. when it, I get that final mix, I'll listen to it a lot. Right. But then you I really want to live with but it. But then now. I won't. Yeah. 
but I the next time I'll listen to it is if we add a new song to the set and I have to go backwards to relearn a song then I will re-listen to myself but if it comes on on like shuffle I'll keep it sometimes okay I'm like you it's actually today we're filming this December 20th it's the one year anniversary of my album I lost last year uh, with my friend Poe in uh, San Francisco who we were just hanging out with last week and uh, I listened to it before just because I was like you know what it's one year I'll put it on I was like I never listen to my own shit exactly the same as you if we're doing shows or during mixing and releasing and making sure everything's good sequencing all that stuff otherwise I don't touch it I don't I found it's like it's a weird hey man listen to me rap like listen to me but it's with beer that same weirdness is not there like you could drink your own beer all the time and I don't think it's weird that's one of the things where it doesn't work together because it's closer to food at that point right but I guess you someone said well why wouldn't you listen to your I saw this like the other day which is why I bring it up you're the perfect person to ask on Twitter someone was like well why wouldn't you listen to your own music because don't you make stuff that you want to listen to so then wouldn't you want to listen to it it's enjoyable to listen to it, but it, you, when you listen to music, you want to be surprised. And you're not surprised because you wrote every single <laughs> yeah, one. You've analyzed it, yeah. it all. <laughs> exactly. And you over, overanalyzed it, probably, knowing us. So, 5%, uh, Bière de Cité. So, what did they use to make so, it instead bitter? Um, I believe it was the. Um, it's all from the yeast. Everything really? from the yeast. And I don't think it's bitter at it all. It smells wonderful. Right? It smells like lemons. Yeah. yeah. Cheers. Right, you can just taste there's nothing in there. Mm. And it's rice as well. So it's like a saison put together with the yeast and the yeast gives it all these uh, flavors. I might be wrong, but I'm like 99% sure that's- It's delicious, sour. Accurate. Because the balanced. reason why they do it, because I think um, Simon did it. Now, actually, I put this in my notes as well for Les Bas. They actually did a beer with um, Christopher Needleman from um, Saint Houblon, who passed away this year. And he- did a beer with Simon, which then we did the podcast surrounding the launch of, because uh, I was supposed to interview him and I found out that he'd passed on the day. Just so um, which is crazy. Poor, like, man, his family were G's. They came on the podcast. Super cool. But he did a beer with Simon that was also no hops, but it was a fruited version. And then I think Simon met the Blood Brothers dudes and was showing them that. And then they started doing a range of beers with no hops. And then, then they did this one together. So I think a lot of the flavors are derived from the yeast specifically. So it's a super interesting, and there might be something else that I'm missing. I kind of feel like there might be. I don't know if it'd be, and it would be this color without something else, but it's cool, eh? It's really delicious. It's, it's, it's not, super crushable. It's, yes, it's super drinkable. Citrusy, and, and, and floral. Not like anything else, you know? No, nothing like. And the rice is not, it doesn't like take away from the mouthfeel. It just makes it more refreshing. It's a great summer beer, even though it's winter. It's a great winter beer, too. Speaking of winter, <laughs> I was going to say, beer that, that I'm waiting. This is a beer that and they were marketing it as like something that you could shovel your driveway. Right. That was initially, that was the initial part of it. Right. But it's only a 5% start in going on with the, um, the Les Bas brand, of course, is Bière de. That's their whole thing. Mm-hmm. It, particularly in their cans, they want to keep everything. Even before we came up with our name, we had a bunch of different names, but it had to be Bière de. Bière de. Uh, 5% sour start. Smells, like a, stout, Smells yeah. like a start, right? It's See, it's sour. Like a, Very it's, sour. Yeah. It's weird, but it works. Like I, the malt rolls in at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it kind of comes back around. Exactly, it's like it like goes in layers. It's really it's more sour than I expect. It's more sour than you expect, particularly for a stout. But it's it's odd, but it works. Yeah, that really that's the best way to describe it. It's still good. Yeah, yeah, I like it a lot. Five percent is nice. So. Yeah, exactly. Any more than that would be too much. So let's bus. Next up, another Quebec powerhouse. We got Ooh. La Gabière. La Gabière, huge fave of both of ours. Another one that we uh, both 
put in the top 10. It was easy. Yeah. Super easy. I feel like Lagabier made the first available year-round New, New England, England IPA with yeah. Tamiya and then uh, Taplusmia and then now Tamoin Fort. Which is amazing. I love having a 4% like session and uh, crushable, drinkable, still juicy and creamy. Not super feeling like yeah. you're missing the alcohol like a lot of session beers are. Yeah, and pack and flavor still. The hops are still great. I feel like their Ballad on Rado series. I love these series. Things, yeah. Super cool. You know, hit or miss flavor wise, as in like everyone likes different things. Mm-hmm. But I feel overall the consistency and quality has been high. Uh, I'm sure some of these beers will make it into the uh, top tens of people, yeah, for sure. But also regular rotation. They'll oh yeah, please, yeah, that yeah. And they'll hopefully they'll you know package them up with a different name. I've seen breweries do that before. They'll yeah. put out specials and, and under a weird. Se- no. <laughs> well, that's weird. Well, I guess you're still recording. Yeah, we just had a blackout here. That's hilarious. Well, here we are. Yeah. Um, we we'll finish slugger beer in the dark. Just yeah, for, let's do it. Let's just do it. For just for you guys, it, right? Yeah. You know what? <laughs> this is what professional. Yeah, Tiffany can do some lights. This is what professionals do. This is what. Look at that. There see? you go. Boom. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know, it's what you know. When we're faced with this type of stuff, you're on stage. Some shit happens. You got to roll with it and yeah. make it work. You go through it. You act you like know? You never look at the drummer when he fucks <laughs> up. <laughs> never look at him that's the tip speaking of the tip this beer that we're going to be drinking has spruce tips in it uh, you like that huh you thought I was going to be uh, do some other type of tip huh oh, you dirty asses so this one is called Algonquian like Algonquin but Algonquian it's a, a red ale with uh, spruce tips yeah is that Sapin Bommier means spruce tips yeah I believe so yeah um Five point six percent. Definitely not a beer that uh, you know jingles my panties. But we'll see. We'll see. I'm very curious because lager beer. I'll drink anything they make. Like I'm fascinated by this brewery and what they're doing. Um, they had my favorite beer at Chambly. They had a uh, strawberry New England IPA. That's crazy. I don't know why they haven't put it in. Yeah, a can yet. But uh, I really, really enjoyed it. It was my top beer of Chambly, if not one of the top. Jeez, that's amazing. See, anything with fruit, like I know some people who don't like fruited hoppy beers. Shout out to Noah from Beerism. Hate him. Um, <laughs> he knows I love him. Um, but I feel like lager beer really come through with that stuff. So red ale with, uh, whoa, it's like you can smell it. Yeah, wooded yeah. forest. Yeah. Oh my God. It's cool. All right. <laughs> it's cool. It is actually cool. Smoke detector. Oh my fucking God. It tastes like a forest. That is intense. It tastes like forest. It tastes like a forest. It smells like a forest. It's basically it's a a little perfumey. Yeah. You know what? Like, whilst it's not my thing, I really appreciate weird and innovative beers, and I feel like that this line—it's really creamy. The body is great. It's five point six percent. Like this. Oh my god! It's like perfect. Here, Tiffany, to try it. It's perfumey. (laughs) It's um. Oh, thanks, Maddie. It's um. It's really bitter. Really overwhelming. Um, but I think knowing Lagerbier that, that he specifically, cause they send us the, we we're just talking about it, the Bella Donredo every month for us to review and stuff. And he said, all right, I'll hold your box off. So I specifically to send this beer. Um, so it's something that they're pushing. I think it's an annual release. They used to only do it on, in the pub, I believe from what I saw, I looked it up on, um, untapped before when he mentioned what it was. So I think he was excited for us to try it. Um, 
it's hella weird, but I think that's the ethos of Lagerbier. They are experimenters, they're innovators, and I think they're uh, an asset to the Quebec beer scene. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that they need a monster stout. Ooh, yeah. I feel like I, I can't remember them. They have the coffee one. Which is almost a little What's flat. Code? And, yeah. And, and oh, yeah. And like that one. No, I'm. That's the one. Yeah. It's I like an like ale, almost like a hand pumped ale. There's yeah. no, no effervescence to it. Correct. I thought there might have been uh, just a lemon can that I had, but maybe not. Maybe that's what I thought too. Yeah, but, okay. Uh, so I guess they not. need like a monster stout. That would be my only big shout out to Legabia. I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if they're working on it. Yeah. This next brewery is Matera Brassard Tonoli. <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> I'm kind of scared. Yeah, yeah. We had to keep going. We had dark. to. I like we got, it. We got the candles going. Yeah. We improvise, you know? Um, Matera's a good one. Now, this was your specific selection because I don't think I've even had any beers from Matera. A lot of it really boils down to this one beer that we're about to drink. It's their Stuttgart Stout. It is a coffee stout. I can't see shit. Where they, <laughs> this one in particular is aged in cognac, but it's different oh. because they age the beans in the barrels. Yeah, they age the green beans in the barrel, the bourbon barrel, cognac barrel. They roast the beans, they add the beans to the beer, and then they put all of it back into either the same barrel or similar barrels. And it's always delicious. It's always boozy. It's always creamy. And let's see what it's got. I'm excited. They got a lot of other, uh, other very good barrel aged beers, like the Frau Riesling, which uh, is a nice uh, complex beer that's aged in casks that held Riesling before. And very, very interesting. Uh, Riesling, yes, thank you. They got the Coming of Age, which is also really awesome. The 2.0 just came out, is just super awesome, complex. What kind of beer is that? It's a nice um, sour beer uh, with with small fruits. Okay. Aged in uh, a barrel as well. I love their that they they focused on barrels. Let's see what's got. It's it's uh, definitely one of my favorite stouts from Quebec. It's like sure. nine point four or something. Yes. Memory. And, uh, originally, they used to put wax on the top when it first came out. I can see and why. Me being myself, I like to drink stouts at the end, and it was always a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> we actually have a video about that. We'll link that uh, in the cards up here. The, we have a how to, Blood Brothers um, showed us how to open wax seal. It's oh, yes, the most please. sensible thing. Of, you're going to be like, are you serious? This is all it is. Okay, because it was always a challenge. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Cheers. Oh, that's great. It's almost like peppery. Yeah, peppery, yeah. creamy. Um, the bourbon is actually, or cognac, whatever it is. Cognac in this one, yeah. Cognac. Super subtle. It's boozy, delicious. But it's not over the top boozy. Coffee, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I love my coffee stouts. Just, yeah. just, oh, coffee stouts are fire. Yeah. Just, just the concept of this is so exceptional. I heard about it a while ago and I was so impressed. I love it. Yeah. And they have their Real Double IPA, which is a delicious, uh, very drinkable IPA for, I think it's almost 8%. Right. Delicious Double IPA. Okay. Um, I think that they're missing a nice hazy attack i think that will help push them further they're at brewing through a schlag right now yep we know how brewing when you're doing contract brewing how it's hard to really get what you want do as much as you can want to do so so i they i think that they have a huge future and i hope that they go far amen and i also love that they have the tam tams we aren't too far from there yes the tam tam beer which is such a montreal thing to do is provide a beer for the biggest regular sunday event in the city that goes on whenever it's not cold People are there hitting drums and getting high and drinking beer. I think it's three point nine percent, so it's it's super easy, super so smart. I love that. That's and actually it's, and it's tasty. It. And it's tasty. It's good. Yeah, I love it. Next up, 
Obviously. The obvious one. Masorum Brassatorium, Montreal's Haze Guds. This is something that we're both connected to and excited about. You have a personal relationship with the owners. Yeah, they're all from previous Montreal metal bands. So uh, shout out to Iron Dissonance and... Uh, <laughs> Come with the other bands? No, I should do that. That's okay. No one's no one's mad. Um, I actually met Vincent, the uh, owner and head brewer at uh, Liquid Art in Hamilton last year. He was currently at the time a uh, brewer for the Last Felony. The Last Felony. There you go. It came to you. That's a cool name. The Last Felony. Like it's a great. They have a great. Yeah, they have great an mom. album. They're a great album called Too Many Humans. <laughs> It's perfect. Honestly, yeah. the metal shit, you guys crack me up. It's like... But that's what it should be. It's tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, everything's yeah, smart yeah. ass and just... But it's serious, too. <laughs> there are too many humans. <laughs> facts. Georgia Guidestone. Back to you up. meeting Vince. Yeah. <laughs> so I met Vince, and he was a brewer at the Tuamos Cote at the time. He was super cool. He knew the podcast. We, just, we were hanging out, had a beer. Um, didn't know it was him until I went there, and uh, he came up to this kind of... He said, what's up, man? Like, I was like, I didn't recognize him at first because, you know, you meet someone at a festival, you're drunk and everyone looks the same and whatever. But um, I was super impressed. Now, the first, uh, I went the second week. Um, the first couple of times I went, things were pretty green. Uh, as one would anticipate, a brand new brewery with, uh, you know, new system, have to dial it in. It's never going to be perfect straight away. You know, they don't get to brew too much beforehand, I think, because what are they going to do with all that beer when you don't have the permits? to sell it mm -hmm. um they this misorum is the brewery that i if you guys are familiar with any of our videos or any of our podcasts probably for two to three years no exaggeration i have been complaining that montreal does not have a place for someone like me with my taste to go out and re and get fire haze now there's a few of them i guess pub brewski has some great stuff um you can get lagabier on tap a bunch of places but a, a brewery that specializes in it that essentially feels like you're walking into it could be Vermont it could be Massachusetts it could be New York it could be Los Angeles that's what it feels like in Masorum they're everything I asked for in this city where they focus on hazy IPAs fruited sours big stouts and I tasted their first crispy boy they had a lager and a fermenter uh, really? it wasn't lagering yeah I think it's going to be a little while before it comes it was super early it wasn't even lagered yet still fermenting but that's what they're doing that's all they care about I, I think it's phenomenal. The The fact that they've been open for four months and that they're just destroying every week. They have, they've put out almost over 35 beers at this point. Crazy. They've, they've been working hard and uh, I'm super proud of them. All of their beers are amazing. Super interesting. They've improved so fast. Like yeah. the last two times I went, they would just blew my mind. The first two times I was like, the potential is there. I knew the potential was there didn't not good enough for me to buy them at the time and i think they would probably agree very green but just every time i go there it's just better and better and better and it's super impressive they have lineups every saturday for the can releases hundreds of people lining up which is amazing they yeah. sell out every week uh the first few times i went they had four beers on tap the last two times they had like 13 um it's just, it's an exceptional operation. They've got food there now. Yes, they it's did. rammed yeah. all the time. They built a hockey rink in the back. Did they? Cool Yeah, for which that. is pretty cool. No one was using it when we went, but um, maybe they have events or, you know, they let people organize it. Maybe it was just for them. He's in their patio. Who the hell is sitting outside at minus 30? <laughs> um, but it, it's just such a fantastic space. It kind of feels like there's like, 
bar seating then there's like a shared table seating and then there's an area near the near the window there that looks kind of like almost like a club with like a a nice bench seats yeah yeah. tables and stuff so i feel like it's got multiple vibes in the same room and then the outside and you can bring your dogs you can bring your kids the branding the color the teal color whatever it is which all comes from that the water water tower tower, which is so matched it all through through their merch the merch game is uh, exciting let's correct this thing yeah so definitely um all of their artwork is unbelievable and so so on point it just uh every every can is just so interesting it's metal-esque because they are metal heads but it's still craft beer very much and i don't know how they just keep coming up with new and new designs it must be frustrating yet fun at the same time all the photo shoots all the merchandise all the the beer names everything is just so on brand and it's a brand that they've just created so it's very interesting and encouraging for any other people out there that want to start a craft brewery to to start taking notes from Masora. Couldn't agree more. Uh, what do we got here? This beer is called Fracturation. It is one of their uh, lactose IPAs at 9%. It was released, I want to say two weeks ago. It was the first beer I had purchased from there uh, without even trying it. I took a sip of Kevin's beer, but I'd already copped it anyway. So it was like, didn't matter. Um, this was honestly like top five beers of 2019 for me. It was exceptional. Sweet. Get it's it still- in you. Yeah. Smells perfect. Yeah. It's just so glorious. It's just so creamy. You said 9%. 9%. Does not taste, taste 9%. It at all. No. It's dangerous. It's got that nice little lactose chalkiness. A little bit dank, which is mm-hmm. an interesting flavor. Tank yet not green, yeah, but not green, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's just so creamy. The body is exceptional. I've done about, I want to say three or four lactose beers. I know above the cloud, above the nuage, mm-hmm. dedicated mm-hmm. to uh, Gangster track with Inspector Deck, which was super cool. Um, they did the other one was called Catch Me If You, not Catch Me If You Can, but something like that. I love when the names come from. I don't, I don't know where. Yeah, it's I'm going right. to ask him. I'm going to talk to you about a podcast yeah. with them too. Like, awesome. Uh, yeah. We're going to do some, but um, honestly, I am so impressed and proud of these guys. I just think what they're doing is ballsy there. They told me they're getting a bit of shit from the industry. Um, you know, sometimes the drinkers are uh, being a little harsh on untapped as they tend to be, but what would be their biggest criticisms? Do you think uh, people were, I guess this calling the beers like, you know, giving it three, three and a half when it's clearly they're not three to three and a half out of five. Like this is like a four. 4.5. This is a four or five, four, seven, five for me. Um, personally, this specific beer, but like that's one criticism. They've had other people in the industry tell them that they're not going to work, that they're not going to attract people because what they're doing is very American and it's not accepted in Quebec. But Bar Canada is the model, they're doing it. They're yeah, absolutely. Dominating. Yeah. So, Misorum are, are giving this is what I always say the fact that you can't get a Bar Canada beer in Montreal within four hours of tops of when they drop at any of the depths says that there's an appetite for haze and, and New England IPAs and, and of that caliber in this province that is absolutely not being met. There's a huge demand and not enough of supply. So the fact Masorum have are the only brewery aside from that I've seen, aside from like bottle launches, which are kind of crazy. Dunham has those. Judas CL has those. Um, but every Saturday, regardless, they have... Um, they have their lineups. Yeah, and people what are I've, coming. From and what I've heard, um, they don't want to distribute this. Mm-mm. They want to keep it in house. No they intention. They want to make you come. Yep, want to make you rock up to the brewery, have the experience there, and I couldn't recommend it more. It's my favorite place. If people come to town, I'm taking them there. Of course, um, yes. Personally, because it's any excuse 
to go there. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're my new favorite Quebec brewery. Um, I just think it's fantastic what they're doing. And I think they're the beginning of the new wave of Montreal breweries. And I really hope that, you know, there's other breweries that are doing a similar thing slowly now, which we'll get to in the uh, next part. But, you know, I think this is the start of something really, really amazing in Montreal. Cheers. Cheers, bro. To Masorum. To Masorum. Up next, one of my favorite places to drink beer when I'm in Quebec City, Noctem Artisan Brasseur. What's Noctem uh, are a fantastic brewery. I haven't been there myself. I've literally only had this beer we're about to drink. I've seen you had a bunch of their beers recently. Yes. I've been watching people go there. I've been seeing people drink their flights. They are just a hazy extravaganza of gloriousness. Yes. Uh, I think their branding is phenomenal. Uh, they seem like really cool dudes. We spoke to them. We weren't able to secure uh anything for the podcast but luckily you had something here that you could bring along yes um it's always safe to have a catnip in your fridge i feel like that you know what <laughs> exactly right i feel like catnip is the other time of year of quebec i agree yeah. it's the other solid new england ipa that's year round that's always available that's always reliable you can never go down go wrong with it and it's got a cat with big eyes on it like all, all of their branding is amazing it all has all cats on it i honestly don't What's the deal with the cat know what it's about <laughs> I, I, I they the brewers the owner must love cats but uh i've drank a bunch of their beers this year when i played there in quebec city with aborted and uh hideous divinity earlier this year I went there because i'm friends with matt one of their brewers shout out to matt that's the maddie and uh they had a whole bunch of interesting beers. They had this stout that they brew with uh, grapefruits and bird's eye chili. Yes, and it's called the uh, the Belzebub. So, Belzebub, <laughs> of course, you know. So it's it's delicious. Metal guys it's too? delicious. Uh, they Matt is definitely a metal dude. So, okay. So I don't know if the rest of the guys all are, but I know Matt is. Makes Shout sense. Out to Matt okay. And uh, they have a bunch of great beers. Their uh, Sooty Cata Raspberry this year was amazing. They had the their ghosts with the uh, candied lemon. Okay. It was delicious. It was just as a salty, but yet sweet. You, and, yeah. I want to ask you about this. You, so we had our podcast and I was telling you to do some video content and then you did a review of a beer. I did. Which yeah. I was very impressed with. Well done. Thank you. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you go follow Vox and Hops on Facebook for that. Please. Um, yeah. That was one of those beers. Yes, because it was actually one of the, the the red and sour. That is correct. That's the, those two. The those the, two. the Calaga and the Suricata Framboise. Okay. Two beers that Matt hooked me up with uh, from uh, Noctem. So I was super stoked. He's actually the first brewer to ever send something to Vox and Hops. So make sure you send beers to Vox and Hops, guys. Should, if you yeah, want yeah. promotion, honestly, you got you're doing some fantastic work here in, in Quebec and beyond. And, uh, you know, it's important to uh, let people know you're getting a whole new scene. They're getting these metalheads into your beers, into yeah. beer, because metal and beer just goes together. Like, unlike water and metal because it rusts. Yeah. Water makes you, <laughs> yeah. Is it close? water makes you rust when close you're made enough. of metal. Yeah. Solid. I haven't had this for ages. That's great. Do you it's, know hops are in this? It's always good. No, they don't list it. They don't list it? Cheeky. It's probably just the classic ones. Yeah. It tastes kind of like. Citra Mosaic. Yeah. yeah. Simcoe. I like that a lot. Super crushable. Um, I think it's more opaque than kind of hazy. Like I can mm-hmm. kind of see through it, but like it's got the mouthfeel super creamy. Um, tropical fruits. I feel like there's like a touch of dankness, if that's the, mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. right word there, for some balance. Um, I really enjoy this. They're, they're, they're one of my favorite places in Quebec City, that's for sure. I definitely want to get I would there. love to get a, a Montreal tap room for them. Uh, I think that would be a smart move for them. The Quebec City is getting uh, crazy. There's a huge craft beer scene going on over there. Yeah, I hear. They also did a collabo with uh, Yakima Chief Hops. Yes. It was Just so Luke. good. So, so good. Yeah, shout out to Luke. 
Fox and Hopset. I love that. Yes. You know, oh yeah, he's the metalhead. Yeah, yeah. Luke is the man. <laughs> um, that's sick, man. I love it. Noctem, keep killing him. Open up something in Montreal for the people. Yes, please. Last up, we have our friends at Overhop. Ooh, and it's very pertinent being that we have no power and we are looking ghostly when their uh, logo is a skull. Which I love. I love the branding. Phenomenal. I, I love I love it very, very much. All of their, their can art is amazing. One of the my go-to beers is uh, the Hop Man. So good. Love that beer. Just so drinkable. Scarily at 8%. So yep. dangerous. I could probably go through a few before I notice that it's a bad <laughs> idea. <laughs> this particular yeah. beer that we're about to drink. Very special one. Is uh, one that was also one of my favorites at Chambly. Um, I drank it during my interview with Tatiana. It's absolutely delicious. It's a sour IPA with papaya. Uh, is it papaya? Oh man, how can I even see? <laughs> I thought it was mango, but maybe it was papaya. Uh, it's so dark. I can't see, bro. <laughs> you know what? We can guess the fruit and we can put the light on it afterwards. Let's try it. Um, so yeah, I met up with Patty and Tatiana the other week there. Look, you know, um, Honestly, they're personal friends of ours. We had brunch with them. Uh, they gave us this can to drink here. This is actually a collab with Mason's Brewery out of Maine. That's correct. It's called Cripster. Yeah. Um, is it an IPA or, is or it a passion fruit? That sounds that's more what it like is. it. That's what it is. Oh, I yeah. love yeah. passion yeah. fruit, bro. I started, okay. Sour so, IPA with passion fruit. Oh, yeah, it's definitely passion fruit. That's a good pick. Yeah, I was super stoked when I tasted this at Chambly. It was just thick and creamy and delicious. Oof, I'm excited. Yeah. I think uh, passion fruit is one of the most underrated fruits in beer, arguably. It's also super awesome that uh, Overhop just announced that they have their own facility coming up. Yes. Coming up uh, in Saint-Jean-Sauvier. So uh, it's going to be, 2020 is going to be a huge year for Oberhop. Super excited for them. Uh, they're just such wonderful people. They were the first brewery to really discover how to crack the, both the Ontario and the Quebec systems by contract brewing in different facilities in both provinces and having a strong presence in both by, uh, in bars, in um, festivals, in LCBO, we got Hazy in the LCBO in, Toronto, in Ontario. Um, all their beers are across the uh, beer depth, specialty beer stores in Quebec. They're doing collabs with uh, international breweries. They're the most loveliest people. Before we met them, they, I've never, and even to this day, to this day, still never had uh, anybody. Everyone was like, yo, do you know the Overhub guy? Oh, they're lovely. Like no one else has been talked about like that it's more just, than them. It's just such a lot. It's like you're a part of the family yeah. immediately. Yeah. And that's why part of the reason why you're winning, because basically a lot of this is, you know, is interpersonal relationships, right? And the fact that they're able, the beer is fire first and foremost. The branding is exceptional and the people behind it are just salt of the earth. Lovely, you know, family oriented. The brewery, the, all the owners, you know, it's Patty, Ricardo, her husband and Tatiana, their best friends are like sisters. So they own it they run it they're female like ricardo is actually sort of only a little bit a part of it that is really female owned and operated um they currently contract brewing out of Oshlag here in quebec and common good i think in ontario what what is going to be the big change when they have their facility think about it practically they're not going to be able to do the volume out of a brew pub that we've seen the designs for so it's not going to be able to do the stuff for the packaging they'll probably be doing a lot more specialty uh small batch stuff for so the they're going to pull out of the contract and just do not not they're going to have to keep some contract okay. in order to do the 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 high level canning well, I'm saying it in the in in a practical sense. If you think about 
what's going to be able to happen. And a lot of breweries do that. I don't know if I'm speaking out of turn, but I don't think so. Um, now what is stopping other contract brewers to go into Ontario and do what they did? Nothing. Okay. Nothing at all. So you guys um, should listen and do this. Money. So it depends. But if you're going to do it, you're going to need to have the uh, feet on the ground, knocking on doors, knocking on LCBOs, going to the bars, doing tastings, trying to get a, a line. It's quite a competitive time in Ontario right now. Absolutely. So it is hard. If Quebec breweries want to do that, it's doable, but it is difficult. I don't want to sort of talk it up like it's easy, but like they lived in Toronto and now they, they actually live Got here. All okay, so they, they, they moved here, but they already had that here and they decided to split and then Tatiana moved here and Patty stayed in Ontario and then they all just moved out here um, as sort of a thing. So I'm excited to try Scott. this beer. Yeah. All right. Cheers. Get in here. Oh, that's great. Mm. It's passion fruit for sure. Um, this is a fantastic beer. I also just love that they're collabing uh, with international, with American breweries and stuff. Yes, this was amazing. Artwork is fantastic. It's very much on brand, even though it's with another brewery, like it's actually brewed from um, Mason's Brewery in Maine. I think it's- This was brewed down in Mason. Yes, correct. Okay. So you brought this one uh, for us because it would be uh, something a little bit more- Fun for the episode. Special, yeah, yeah. The um, one that I had at Chambly was much more hazy and opaque and thick. To be fair, we just yeah. bought it really quickly. We can't yeah. see shit in this dark. And <laughs> usually we need to swirl the can yeah. maybe a little bit. Maybe when we finish maybe it. Maybe at the bottom, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I'm very impressed. Mm. Uh, Overhop do fantastic sours. Um, they really do some fun stuff because they use a lot of like uh, the Graviola La with uh, yes. the collab. They did it by themselves and they did a collab with uh, Avant-Garde. And it's a Brazilian fruit, somewhat similar to Sour Sop, I believe. Yes, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, there's different versions of that. So they're, they're doing, like, fun stuff with, like, interesting ingredients from their native Brazil. Which is Canadian. so perfect. It's yeah. so perfect. Okay. And they just, yeah, I don't know. I just really, really love them. Uh, I might be somewhat biased because they're friends, but they weren't friends initially and I already liked them, so. I like their beer initially, so. Yeah, yeah. as well. You know, so we can admit that we, uh, sometimes you just, I'm a fanboy sometimes. Yeah. You know, but like you, you gotta, I feel like when we get to people like us interview them. So when you get to know some of these folks, you can't help but like them more Absolutely, because the people yeah. are so cool. So and when I go pick it up off the shelf, I'm a little bit happier to do yeah. that. Oh, I, we always, if I ever see it, we always just buy it anyway. Uh, we bought, you know, we took some pictures for them in Jamaica of the one love cause we got the vehicle one love. So we went there in July, we went and bought some, made sure they didn't give it to us cause they're always too generous. So I'm like, no, I'm going to buy this shit. Yes. Yeah, it's a 9% IPA. It's expensive as well. So it's a nice good one. It looked really sick in the photos. So dangerous. Yeah, so, <laughs> so dangerous. So Overhop, go check them out. Whether you're in Ontario or Quebec. That's right. And that and completes our list. It does. So we could probably just move right on to... To our honorable mentions. Our honorable mentions. Did you want to do the big brewery mentions Absolutely, first? yes, yes. So initially, we had a few big breweries that we would... And I want to say big, not macro. No, big craft breweries. Bigger. The, the, the old boys, the old school. The they just never lose. You never can go wrong with them. And we just felt that we should probably shine some light on maybe the up and comers or like the newer guys or the, the ones that aren't quite as large. That's right. So we thought we'd separate the, the bigger breweries that we want to shine some light on that are killing it. Being Boreal, of course. Boreal with the fact that they... They reinvented themselves almost. They absolutely did. I mean, they changed the game with the Nordest. Absolutely. Uh, but yes. that wasn't this year, I guess, but still. Like, but that's that's why it wasn't included on the list for me. Correct. There's the, They put out some great stuff that Ziama Brut this year. Oh, I love the, that beer. The uh, Double de Saint that came out probably last year, but that has continued this year. Uh, I really like that new... Uh, 
spicy stout that just came out. Well, I'm not a Perial Noir. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, it's like a spice. It's it's really really good. It's it's just spicy enough, but it's actually quite spicy. It's got like some chilies or something. Yeah, yeah, it's really very good. But so huge shout out to Boreal. There would be no craft beer scene without you. You guys started, and all of these ten breweries on this list exist. Yeah, exist because of you. Another big boy is. Judiciel? Of course. Uh, I mean, look, you could arguably say that they may be not that big. They do have a huge production facility out in St. Jerome. They've got their local brew pub here in Montreal on Laurier. Um, but they have, you know, worldwide distribution. They are 20 years deep in the game. They have arguably the greatest coffee stout in the country with Peche Mortel, which I don't think many people in the agree world, with. in the world, like yeah. the most, and it's two ninety nine. It's the most 9. cost. 5%. Of, yeah. yeah. And they won't tell you what's in the, what coffee they use. And I kind of appreciate that. As much it's, as I Mac, want to know. It's, it's Maxwell's house. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine how Folgers or something? They're just like putting them fucking tins in. Just, all you gotta do is go to the trash cans at uh, St. Jerome. You'll find out. Sorry, guys. No, but say, uh, Judas Yell, amazing. Shouts to JF. Shouts to Jen. Uh, Nad, who's an amazing brewer there. We always see her at Liquid Art. Um, right. I love them. And shouts to Layla as well. One of the loveliest. She does all their, she has a bunch of artwork. She does their uh, social media. She's the best. Um, their Peche Mortel Day is probably uh, my, one of my favorite events of the year. It's one of the few things we always make sure we go to. It's the most exciting. <clears throat> Do you usually go? No, no, but just the, 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 the four pack the release. Oh, the four pack. It's is, is, is like a hunt. Yeah, you got to get it. And if you find it, you got to buy some for your friends because uh, it, it. I got one extra one in there. I saved from this year because I wanted to see what happened when they age. You have to do that, yeah. Right, you got to get two of them. We went to the brunch at Saint Jerome this year. It was. You drank like I think ten or eleven of their beers. They were like two ounce samplers. Fuck, man, that's enough. <laughs> Starts at eleven, and we got there at eleven. We saw people who had been there earlier, and they were like two beers deep. By the time we got there, and you're about to have a ten or eleven course meal with multiple different beers on like and we saw troy from lebrush shout out to troy but dude <laughs> i was like i respect your uh, drinking ability i couldn't do it morality is a great ipa exceptional immorality it's gonna, it's gonna come out in a can soon i saw that i'm so stoked to see they, that i'm glad i think actually them. by the time this comes out it's gonna be out can't wait to drink any uh, morality in a can in a can yeah that's fucking it's cool. exciting it's yeah exciting. Man. Dude, yeah. Said, do we have any other big ones um, do we have it on the list? You write it down. There's Unibrew. Unibrew always kill it. But Unibrew is just more of like the grandfather of the craft beer scene in, in Quebec for me. Yeah. Next up, we have our honorable mentions. Because 10 isn't really enough. No. Quebec has so many amazing breweries. This was very, very difficult to put together. Um, so we had some honorable mentions for various reasons. The breweries we wanted to include in the top 10, but we felt like... Let's at least like, you know, if they didn't make it, shine some, it. shine some light on them so that you guys know about them. If you yeah, don't know about them, you want to start with the first one? Yes, absolutely. Uh, one of my favorite brew pubs in Montreal, the place that I love to go to with my family. I go there all the time. And if they're watching, they're going to know already what I'm going to say. I love you guys. Um, you don't make ordinary beers. You do not follow trends. It is just all weird German-inspired beers. I love it. I love it. I love it so much. I love how yeah. they separate the temperatures. Yes, it's my like, favorite thing about it. Yes, yes. 
That's everyone should do that. I hate going. I say it all the time. Ordering my stout and it's super cold. Yeah, it's like four degrees and you're like, it needs to be 12. It bothers me tremendously, especially at great brew pubs. It's yeah. something that they should work on and fix. So huge shout out to Brasserie Harikana. They started canning this year. They haven't put my favorite beers in the cans yet, but they will. Time. Yeah. I love it. Great call. Uh, my first one would be Echo Session Ales. Uh, JF and JP have created a fantastic company. They have three core beers right now, a whip beer, hazy session IPA, and a uh, Roos with uh, Ruibos tea from South Africa. Uh, these guys are the happiest humans I know. They've got such great energy. Their branding is exceptional. Their social media is exceptional. They um, are really doing something cool. And I feel like session beers are a trend moving into 2020. They're really sort of capturing the game. Uh, in that sense, uh, I just really enjoy what they're doing. I'm not really big into sessions personally, but after this year, I've done, done a few podcasts and I feel like it keeps coming up and I'm starting to slowly appreciate the value of it more. And I really think that because that's their whole thing, they're going to kind of like dominate with that. Um, we actually did a collab with them two days ago. Uh, it's coming out in February. Can't say much else, but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, they're just great dudes. It's cool hanging out with them for the day. Yep. Shout out to JF. You're amazing. Yes, you had him on the podcast. I did. Episode. Fox, I don't know. Boxing <laughs> <laughs> Hops alumni, JF. Just, just go, Jack. <laughs> if you see him, give him a kiss. All right, you're up. What's next? Up next, we have Brasserie Milil. They uh, have a bunch of amazing beers coming out. Uh, they started putting their stuff in cans as well. Uh, I'm still waiting for that Sabro IPA. Ooh. Juicy Sabro. I think I heard about that beer. It was so good. Yeah. It was just so good. It, 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 that beer alone makes it me want to put them on this honorable mention list. All right. I, they, I they keep have, hearing about them. They have a whole bunch of stuff coming out. They just dropped uh, four packs of uh, their Imperial Stout. A uh, We have a... Um, in cans, it says it looks amazing. I haven't tasted it, but uh, that Sabro Juicy IPA makes them deserve to be on this list. I've heard a lot about uh, Miller from a lot of different people, so and I think that specific Sabro IPA. I think they do some hate. Is it hazy? It's hazy. It's yeah. juicy. It's delicious. Yeah, that one sounds amazing. Yeah, it's not. It, but it's been like I'm waiting for it. It's coming back. I know it's, it's on the back. way. It's on the way. All right, my next one was. Brasser Villain. Uh, we did a podcast with them sometime over the summer. I forgot the number. Uh, Stefan is the owner. He also owns Broken Seven, which is a nice gateway brewery. Mm-hmm. Villain are their brandy. They've got about six beers right now. They're mostly IPAs. Uh, some that had a double IPA, uh, different styles, kind of juicy, tropical from West Coast, bitter and piney. Um, their branding is exceptional. Their social media, which clearly is important to us, is exceptional. Um, their whole team is just really, really cool. I love what they're doing. I think, uh, they brew out of, um, uh, Alchemist. Yes. Out there yes. in um, Joliet. Um, they're just doing great stuff. Their uh, brewer, Mathieu is from France, um, doing some really cool stuff as well. I feel like they're just, as far as like, you know, contract brewers don't always get their respect. You know, this is my second, um, contract brewer that I want to show love to, but I just really enjoy what they're doing. That, yeah, when 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 people pay attention to branding and then all of their beers across the board, like I hadn't tried any of them until the podcast and we tried them all and I was like, man, like you guys really like doing some cool stuff. Yeah, their golden star for me is their parasol. Parasol the double. Yeah. Yes. That's great. With the foray. mosaic hops. Yeah. yeah they're, uh, they're just, you know, doing some really fun stuff and I feel like they're going to do some really cool stuff coming into 2020. I think they got a bunch of events coming up and, you know, new beers and things. So I'm excited to see what they do. Another one. 
Sir John. Yes. So good what's coming out of that place. I've had a few of them, uh, all amazing IPAs. Where are they from? They are from La Chute, Quebec. Cheers. Northern Quebec. Okay. Not too far, though, like um, just a little bit past Mirabelle. Okay. Awesome. It's, it's really very, very amazing stuff that's coming out of there. Just hazy, dank, juicy IPAs and it's almost like a, a, a mix between the West and East IPAs that have been coming out. They have like different series with different hops, which always gets me. I love that. So a uh, huge shout out to uh, Sir John. Are they canning or packaging? They are canning at this point. Yeah. Okay. And they got a cool, I keep seeing them come the up. The branding's with really yeah. nice too. Yeah. Another one, this isn't my one on the list, but La Bordage is another one similar to Sir John. They're out in Sutton that have a lot of haze. So I feel like Sir John and La Bordage are the two kind of outside of Montreal that are like killer with the haze mm-hmm. that have really been like coming up on people's radar. So Masorum just did a collab with La Bordage. There you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So stuff like that. Uh, my actual third one was Pub Brewski here in Montreal. We did a podcast with them a year or two ago, but we were uh, definitely overdue to do another one because they just opened up a second uh, tap room in their um, uh, Bon Secours. It's so Marche cool, that room. It's huge. That's where we did our first podcast. Um, it's so nice. It's, it's so, so nice. So beautiful. And at the time uh, when we hung out, we got to meet Derek and Zach there. They didn't have their uh, equipment. Now they do. And they've started brewing. Uh, yesterday, they had an event where they were doing their canning. The first can they canned three beers. Um, Imperial, Imperial peanut beer. Yeah, Imperial peanut buster. They had uh, and two hazy IPAs. Um, because Zach is also a fellow beer media person who uh, has a YouTube account called Porno, P-O-U-R-N-O, great name. Uh, and he's a great <laughs> dude. And Derek, the uh, co-owner and head brewer, uh, is a part of that as well. And they go traveling around to places like Massachusetts and New York and, and around Quebec and drinking all the haze. So they're actually one of the few breweries now who I was referring to earlier with regard to sort of breweries in Quebec who are doing this where we can go out and get fire haze at all times and now they're starting to can it i'm really excited for them i haven't been back they actually did a beer that i want to try it's a pumpkin pie milkshake ipa because Ooh. that's team pumpkin and team lactose in one like Ooh. right they're they're waiting for you to come Oof, I, bro, i'm going on the weekend I give a fuck. <laughs> and i just i'm just really proud of them guillaume is a, is a great dude and, and derek they've just been really working hard on on you know pushing the boundaries they have like 30 something taps on there they've done you know coll- wicked collabs with overhop uh they always have like when they didn't have enough of their own beers in this transition period, they were uh, putting on just a fantastic tap list of uh, local breweries. It's true. It's they true. got one of the kegs of the um, uh, Bar Canada Stouts recently and had that on there, which is pretty rare to have out here. It is really pushing the boundaries. And I think what they're doing for, for Montreal beer to me that they would have been one I would have liked to include in the top 10. If I think they 10 will be, they'll, be, they'll be there next year. Yeah, I feel like they will be. I think 2020, like Pub Brewski uh, alongside Masorum are one of the real ones to watch. Oh, okay. So we alluded. Now, if you waited to the end and you made it all the way through all of this fantastic content in the dark, bless you, <laughs> Tiffany. That's okay. Um, so the the kind of crux of uh, Matt's idea that you came to me with with this, which I love. So not only were we going to collaborate on a video and a podcast about our top 10 breweries in Quebec, we were going to do a contest because we want to give back to the communities that have supported us so strongly. We reached out to all the breweries in our top 10 and we just said, hey guys, if you have anything you'd like to contribute to a contest, uh, you know, that would be dope. So they were so free and generous. Yeah, we have insane. three prizes that we're going to give away to first, second and third prize. We're going to be launching the contest alongside this video. Uh, all the instructions will be in a corresponding post. 
That's so right. It is on how to win it. What type of stuff do we have to give away? Oh, so much stuff. We got some beers from the breweries. Yep. We have some amazing uh, beanies. We got glassware. So we have the Vox and Hops glassware, which I was telling you to pay attention to before. We have some of these. Yes. Vox and Hops beanies. We have uh, some uh, like Lager beer gear, some Sorum gear. Yes. Last, last public beer. Uh, some Matera, beer. Matera, Matera gear. Matera gear. Uh, jukebox beer. Who didn't even make the top 10, but they're a part of Avant-Garde. And then we want to make sure that people get to drink them. We have, man, I can't even remember. I can't remember. There's I'm trying so to think. Stuff, yeah. A la fruit gear, some beanies. Um, oh man, there's so much. Go some glassware and some extra stuff that as well that I, we had, uh, you know, collected over some time that we just wanted to give away. Overhub gear. We have some overhub glassware um, and uh, caps. But, but, but there's a lot of stuff and it's a, any great craft beer drinker would appreciate to have any of these prizes. Yes. So yeah. we're looking forward to giving back after the holidays. This will be an early January release, of course. So enter the contest. Good luck. We hope one of you guys comes home with this incredible prize pack. And the best I was saying to Matt, when I was looking at it, I'm extremely jealous of this prize yeah, pack. Yeah, and that's, that's how I knew it was fire. Because I don't have, we didn't, neither of us, there wasn't a couple extras in the packs for, for, for us. I was like, man. No, it's all for you guys. It's yeah. all for you guys because that's what we do it for. You guys support us. You guys show us both love. And uh, we appreciate everyone watching, listening, following, liking, subscribing. Absolutely. Engaging <laughs> and drinking with us. So uh, that is it, Matt. This was a pleasure, brother. Of course, yes. Thank you for doing this. You guys message in the comments. Yes. What is your top 10? What is your top 10 Quebec breweries? Let us know. Uh, and guys, if you enjoyed the video, mate, smash a thumbs up. Hit subscribe below. Hit the notification bell. Ding. So you know when the new drops. Follow us on social media at BOS Podcast. Check out the long form audio, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. Bunch of really fun stuff coming in 2020 with our new themed seasons. And make sure you subscribe to Vox and Hops on all your favorite uh, podcast platforms. Follow him on social media at Vox and Hops everywhere because he's a consistent man. And go check out Cryptopsy. You already know about them anyway because if you don't, you're not really a metal person. You're not metal enough. You're not metal enough. Everything's available at www.voxandhops.com. That's it. Can we do the get it in your thing in the middle of course. again? Ready? Get it no, in you. Get, right? it, get it in you. We can say put it in you. We can say no, get it in Put it in you. Get 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 it in you. That's my favorite shit ever, dude. Hey, thank you all so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Me and Craig had such a great time. It was so funny. You can check out... On his channel, he has the video portion of this podcast. So if you want to see what we look like drinking these beers and having this chat and see what it's like when the power just cut out right in the middle of it. And then we finished our top 10 list in the dark with candles. It was amazing. It was so much fun. Craig, I love you, brother. So much fun hanging out with you. I can't wait to do it again. Don't forget that there's the epic giveaway that you can get. You got to check it out in the description of this podcast and on the Vox and Hop social media page and on the BAOS podcast social medias. There are some instructions that you will need to follow so that you can get your hands on one of these three prize packs, which are just full of amazing products from the amazing breweries that made our top 10 list. Don't forget that Devastation on the Nation 2020 is coming up. Vox and Hops is one of the official sponsors of this tour. 
Devastation on the Nation 2020 is featuring Rotting Christ, Borknagar, Wolfheart, Abigail Williams, and Imperial Triumphant. Some of these shows have already sold out. So if you do not have your tickets and you intend to go to the show, you absolutely better grab your tickets soon because they're going to sell out. You can grab those tickets via the link in the description of this podcast, or you can simply go to www.metalfestivaltours.com. As always, the best way to support the Vox and Haas podcast is to simply talk about it. Go out. If you're hanging out with some metalhead friends, you see that they like craft beer and metal. You point them my way. You tell them to come check out the Vox and Hops podcast. If you want to take it one step further, you can go to the Vox and Hops Big Cartel page and grab yourself some of the items that are up there. That is always greatly appreciated when I receive any support from you Vox and Hops hits. I hope that you guys have a great weekend. I hope that you're enjoying 2020 so far. Remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops hits. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and, in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.